No doubt about it. Now the stretch. 1-0 pitch. Hit hard to deep center field. Damon going back at the track. Looks up. It's gone. It's gone. Put this one in the win column for the fight bell. everyone and welcome to another episode of sorry in advance and this is kind of a special episode um because i got a chance to do a pretty cool interview with jack fritz from 94 wip and um actually got to do it on the day that bryce harper hit his 300th home run and the Phillies ended up still losing, which kind of sucks. But, um, yeah, I uh, got to interview Jack Fritz from 94, and um, that is what I'm going to base this, base, what this episode is going to be on. Um, we covered, obviously, the Phils, um, pitching, bullpen, some upcoming matchups, um, and the wonder that is Kyle Schwarber in the leadoff spot. So it was pretty cool. Uh, definitely was it was kind of great to sit down and talk with Jack. Um and, you know, just talk baseball, you know, with somebody else, um, somebody who, you know, does it for a living, which was pretty cool. Um, I hope everyone enjoys, and I will put a little disclaimer slash warning out there. For some reason, was having some microphone issues during this, so there was an echo here and there, and sounded off a little bit, nothing that's, like, ridiculous, but through uh, heavy editing and... Uh, not losing my mind completely yet. Um, I think I did a pretty good job fixing it. So um, I hope everyone enjoys, and uh, thanks for checking it out. Enjoy. Hey, man. How are you? Uh, there we go. All right. Sorry. What's up, man? No, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Just wanted to say thanks for uh, coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Uh, well, I know you are on a limited uh, schedule. Um, really wanted to start off on a positive note here with Bryce Harper's 300th home run, but obviously uh, didn't didn't end so positively. So, um, you know, not sure if we want to cheer more for Harper or strangle Kimbrel a little bit, you know? Yeah, it's been um, especially because Turner has another home run. In, in, oh my in god! Another, oh my god! In another big moment, it's like it was just setting up for meltdown city. You know, like yeah, you yeah. could have had a parade down Broad Street if they won today. Um, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, they they <laughs> they blew it. And you know, Kimbrel, obviously the home run jury stunk, but that inning totally could be different if if Garrett Stubbs blocks blocks the baseball. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah, he's but he's been he's been very hit or miss here, you know, the last little bit. So um, yeah, it's it, it definitely put a damper, but like 17 and 10 in August, the offense hitting 59 home runs, like yeah, yeah. way more positives than, than negatives for sure. Yeah, one of the other things I kind of wanted to get into was um you know, kind of compared to how the season started and where they're at now. And 
um, the pitching staff pretty much too, is just like, you know, should we be concerned at all with the pitching staff? I mean, you know, they've really been turning it on lately. That's been the story lately on top of the offense is the, the, the pitching really coming on. Nola's had two good starts, but again, it's still Nola hasn't had great starts. So it's like, what are we, <laughs> we waiting for the other shoe to drop here or, you know, what are you thinking? Yeah, you know, I think the bullpen, the concerns are uh, Sir Anthony. You know, Sir Anthony has not looked the same, which stinks because, like, you know, part of what made last year's team so good is that they could turn to Sir Anthony and Alvarado pretty much whenever and bang. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, most time, more often than not, whatever rally's going on is shut down. I think Alvarado's in close. You know, he hasn't been perfect since coming back, but I think he's getting close. Um, and then it's like, who can you – the big thing is who can you turn to? That's like, okay, go get me some outs right now. Like, I would right, love right. for Gregory Soto to be that guy. But, like, he's so up and down, you have no idea. The one thing for me with the bullpen is, like, they were the best bullpen in baseball for a majority of the year. And they have stuff. that They have power stuff late in games. So, like, if you just get in and it, if, if the games get tighter, those guys are throwing 99. Like, maybe they get on a roll and they get back to early in the season. So, it's I said this on the air tonight. Like a baseball team is kind of like your golf game, where mm-hmm. it's like when your driver's terrible, your, your short game's great, or whatever. Like it's never having all three parts working at the same time is just so. It's just usually not how baseball works. Right now, the offense is carrying them. Um, I think Wheeler and Nola looking like the aces that that we thought we, we had heading into the year. Um, that's been important, and and really. You know, I think the biggest storyline this weekend is, is how's Ranger look? Because if you can get Ranger being, like, closer to the guy that we saw in June, I mean, it just continues to raise the floor for this team. Yeah, and I think one of the positive things is Chris Sanchez, I mean, just surprising everyone and being a very reliable fifth or sixth starter on this team. Um, I mean, he's consistently going five or six innings, maybe struggled a little bit today, but, I mean, that happens. But he's getting five or six solid innings all the time yeah and, and, and right now i put him in my rotation in the in the postseason not for the wild card series you know i think, yeah, I yeah. think that's going to be wheeler nola and ranger as long as ranger comes back and and looks close to being like the guy that we think he is yeah um yeah. but if, if if you told me right now if you asked me right now the playoffs started today and you're in the nlds like i'm giving chris sanchez the ball like i i, I appreciate tyler walker having 14 wins i i i, I it's great sure yeah, yeah i just i watch him you know, and it's, yeah, yeah. it never feels like he's out there kind of dominating. So, um, and then Lorenzen, I know he, the no-hitter in the eight innings against the Marlins, but, I mean, the 124 pitches might have really sunk his season. So, um, I mean, I think Christopher, Christopher Sanchez is, has, is pitching his way into a playoff. Yeah, and it's definitely never been easy for uh, – Walker either it seems like he's struggling a lot lately and in the beginning and then it also comes down to the NLDS too um and the wild card like how that turns out or even the end of the season um I said that the in one of my other episodes is just like how the season ends hopefully you have that cushion at the end of the season that you don't have to um you know you can rest people now at the end of the year and have your best starters in the wild card and just get out of the way sweep whoever you need to you know and obviously, and, and what's so funny in a way about the uh, starting rotation, it's like people just like I think they just say, "Oh, well, the Dodgers and, and Braves have better pitching." Well, it's like that's not 
really that means true. nothing, that means nothing. <laughs> it, it, but it's also not really true i mean yeah if you get yeah. nola being close to the nola that we saw last year and the last two starts i mean they have a better one-two punch than than the braves and dodgers i mean mm-hmm. it, it is what it is so you know especially if you head into a, a postseason series against the cubs or you know giants i mean yeah logan webb is really good he's had a really good um little stretch here alex cobb is kind of tough but like Theoretically, you should have the pitching advantage in, in or starting pitching advantage in every single series you're kind of in. And the nice and the nice part of what, what they did in August is they gave themselves a good amount of cushion. And mm-hmm. like if they can just that last week set the rotation so you can so you can set up the way you want. Just they they can't <laughs> they can't stress us out. Like that's all I ask for. Like yeah, yeah. just just don't stress us out. Make this. You, I don't, you don't have to coast, whatever. Like, yeah, I yeah. just, I can't deal with a Cubs kind of series last year where you get swept and it's panic mode around this. Yeah. Game. And me personally, I feel like I, I kind of don't want to face San Francisco just because it gave Kapler. Like, I really don't know if I want to face them or not just for that. Selfishly, I hope they get the Giants. <laughs> For my my, uh, business. uh. Oh, obviously. For for your business, no. I hope that they do play the Giants just because the the radio call also will be fantastic. But I also hope if they do get them, then they just wipe the floor with them and just annihilate them. (laughs) And the other topic I wanted to get into was the magic of Kyle Schwarber at the leadoff spot. And it really just only... Seems to just work on a <laughs> on this team. Yep, it's it's just unbelievable because it you know fifty percent of people have a problem with it, fifty don't, and it just I don't care about batting average, but it is what it is. Yeah, it's funny. It's it's so polarizing. You know, I think like the most polarizing things about this team is is Schwarber and Nola. You know, mm-hmm. and and each has their defenders, each has their detractors. It's just. And I know it's hard to say it, but if you just take his batting average out and look at everything else, it's like this guy's obviously a, a pretty good offensive player. And yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's and the people that defend him, I think, I think get labeled as we think he's a, a superstar. It's like no, he's just a, having a guy that has four, that can hit forty plus home runs, have hundred RBIs, hundred plus runs. Like I don't care if he strikes out two hundred times. Like that's a valuable player, and, and over right, one sixty two, right. it's valuable. Um, so it, it's it's hilarious. I do. I do wonder what happens next year. You know, this year, obviously, they didn't do it because they signed Trey Turner, and then they got off that, and then Stott was hot, so they put him there. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, since since June 2nd, I believe there's still 20 games over 500 with him batting leadoff. Um, yeah, yeah. And, obviously, what they did in August is, is insane. So um, I do wonder if they do it from day one next year and just say, hey, whatever. It, it kind of works for us. Um, it, it's going to be one of the more interesting kind of storylines next uh, next spring. Yeah, and I feel like one of the things that really uh, benefits him being a leadoff hitter is the fact that late in the game is if you want the top of the lineup come up, obviously you want your top bats. He's a top bat, and you have somebody now who can crush the ball and hit for power. Um, you know, possibly get you a home run or anything like that to really tie a game or at least get you closer at that point, you know? And, and I think the one thing that doesn't get talked about a lot with Schwarber at leadoff is, and, you know, people will say, Philly's daycare, look at what the young players are doing, and, and that's, and, and yeah, credit to them. They're, they're the best. I love them. Um, but I think it also does help them that there's a guy that has 40-plus homer potential batting leadoff so that, you know, maybe they, they pitch differently to those guys with Kyle Schwarber lurking in the leadoff spot 
possibly being able to drive them all home. Like it's it, it it for this team, I don't know. It's it it just works for them. Obviously, on the most fleet of foot. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's a polarizing subject, especially when you have somebody like Stott who's hitting over three hundred, and then um, you know you have Boom, you have Marsh, you have JT toward the bottom of your lineup. You know, fifth, sixth. It's it really is. Um, you have great players at the bottom of your lineup that really can help you and turn it over. You know. Well, and I guess like if I was making a lineup, and it was, you know. It's almost like you get the strikeouts out of the way early, or he, has, yeah, or he yeah. makes it one nothing. Because as the you know the, the OBP and guys get on base kind of guys go along, like you have Turner heating up, Harper heating up, Castellanos. Like I want if there's a runner on third base, less than two outs, I want Stott up because I know he's going to at least be able to put the bat on the baseball. Whereas mm-hmm. if Schwarber's mm-hmm. down there, there's the threat of the strikeout, and it, right, with, with right. Stott, there's almost like no threat for a strikeout um it's listen it's 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 hilarious to me um you know it's one of the more funny things about the team but um it's really it's it's again they're 20 it's not it's not all Schwarber. Schwarber's not the reason they're 20 games over 500 but like i don't know why people are so anxious to get them away from it when those are the like that's the win-loss record with it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's funny that you know talking about spot about Stott, excuse me is that um Stott's at bats are unreal. Um dude is just a grinder. And for him being in his second year, um second full year really and the leap that he's taken in a second year which you don't really normally see, you usually see you know players not come down a little. Um I guess one thing is just about him and Bohm that I wanted to ask. <laughs> Do they take a Braves route and sign them long-term early or just wait on it? So people have brought this up a lot recently, and um, I do think it's interesting. I guess the I guess the one thing that would get – like if they did it tomorrow and they put those guys in, they, they sign them for Phillies for life, whatever, I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if I'm, if I'm in the mindset of, of Dave Dombrowski and, and that front office – the difference between when the Braves did it and what the Phillies would be doing is that the Phillies would be adding a twenty-plus million dollar a year salary for really no. They don't have to do it right now. Right, whereas right. the Braves, these were their core. Whereas the Phillies bought their core. So, like, do they really want to put a twenty-plus million dollar a year salary or whatever it is on the books when they don't have to when they're paying these guys? I don't know, like seven hundred thousand dollars. Right. Right. Um, to where. I mean, I think Stott's under control through 27? Yeah, it's another three or four years when I looked. So saving that money for for when, like, Castellanos is off the books and, and Schorber's off the books and um, Tywin Walker's off the books and Wheeler, hopefully they resign, but, you know, Wheeler, um, Nola will see you know, or they trade for a guy and extend him. So if you don't, I think they're in the mindset of we don't have to do it, why do it? Whereas yeah, yeah. the Braves were like, we can get these steals and they can be our core forever, rather than the Phillies who already have a huge payroll. We don't need to put those money on that money on the books right now. Okay, yeah, it's you know I'm not comparing the two. It's just you see the Braves signing Austin Riley, uh, Acuna, Michael Harris. You know, obviously you want to sign them now, um, but then you know, but like Harris isn't even having the year that he did last year, so that might come back to bite them. But you know, you lock them up early. <laughs> 
You're also talking to the organization that uh, that that signed Scott Kingery before he played a major league game. Oh God, no, no, not another Scott Kingery deal. Let's let's not shoot ourselves in the foot with that one. That's almost done, right? He so heading. In, I think this is the last year. Heading into this year, he is the 11th high, highest paid player in the Phillies. It's, it's just, just oh, oh, I just don't get it. <laughs> and people always say like, oh man, Scotty's killing it in AAA. No. Leave him in AAA. Just leave him there. <laughs> uh, it's it's the best though. I mean, that people are like, oh, there's Scotty Jetpacks. People people will believe in Scotty Jetpacks until he's out of the league. That's my like. <laughs> no matter what, they're like, listen, he, he, uh, Buster only tweeted one time. The scout told him he was Dustin Pedroia with better hands or whatever, or a better hitting Dustin Pedroia. And I don't think the city has recovered since. <laughs> so, um, last. Two questions I had. I know that you, um, you know, I know when you're, but you were a pitcher. I know that. Um, Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. Um, the amount of Tommy John surgeries happening in baseball right now is staggering. Um, I think that it's over. I think when I looked earlier, it's like over 30 between MLB and AAA right now. Like, do you think it's because everyone's just trying to be a flamethrower right now. Like, you'd figure with all the advances in technology and medicine and the training, why is it happening so often? Well, I think it's a couple things. Um, Obviously, I don't know what they're doing. Like, I mean, Uh, growing up for me, it was always long toss and run. It changed in college because in in high school, it was always run long distances so that you build up the endurance. And then when I got to college, it changed to sprint more. Because it's a because pitching is a fast thing. Why it doesn't make sense to go long term. So I don't know where it's kind of going right now. But um, like maybe long. I think long tossing is probably still a thing. But I always thought that was good just from the standpoint of like getting the arm comfortable and all that stuff. So um, I don't know if long tossing still in. I don't know if it's not. But I thought that was something that that would build arm strength. I think a lot of it comes down to obviously trying to throw as hard as you can all the time. You know, you were taught growing up as a starter. You know throw fastballs early, establish that, and then and then don't show your um, some of your off-speed pitches until later in the game so you have something else to show hitters. Well, now it's just go out there and give us, you know, lower, lower you way, way. for as long as you can. And that's, yeah, that's yeah. kind of the mindset. Um, but I think the one thing that, that, is, that is starting to stick out to me a, a little bit that I'm interested in going forward is like, you have all the cameras, you have the Rapsodo cameras, they, um, you know, they tell you how to, you know, how to create cut or create sync. And I just wonder if trying to learn all these new pitches kind of hurt an arm, you know, like if you, if you are a, a foreseen guy, that's all like, oh, now you should learn a cutter. Well, cutter, you're turning your elbow a little bit to create mm-hmm. some torque um, by doing that. So does that change? put more strain on your arm and you go from like a four pitch guy to like a six pitch guy. Um, right, right. So I just, I wonder if that could be a reason for it as well that I didn't totally factor in because if you asked me this like before the season, I'm like, oh, well, it's obvious because guys are trying to throw as hard as possible. But I do wonder if these, this kind of adding in of all these new pitches are creating strain on arms that, that they're not totally ready for. Yeah. I mean, you know, my brother and I were both pitchers, and, you know, I throw overhand, he threw submarine, and I was a fastball curveball or slurve guy, and guess one who guess who has the arm problems? Again, I don't understand where the slurve went to the sweeper. You know, they're, 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 they're same I, pitch. 
It's the same pitch. Like, it is the same pitch, but, you know, you're told... I was told, you know, curveballs aren't good for your arm now, but it's also... It's not even a natural motion anymore, so what isn't bad for your arm now? Yeah. Yeah, I just... Um, you know, I was lucky enough I never had arm issues, but I also... I mean, I might have arm. There's one point where I could extend my arm past here, and I was still like throwing. So maybe I did have arm issues, and I didn't know it. Um, but yeah, it's just you know that's gonna be something. I know this is like you know talking about my kid here, but I'm, I'm starting to think about like sort of map out his plan to become a you know a, a superstar here. You know, yeah, yeah. what what do I want to do with the curveball? Do I want? I think the first pitch obviously he's got to learn to change up because if you can go fastball, change up as a young age. You get that. Cole Hamill's change up, man. <laughs> Dang, it's over. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's inter- it's interesting, and um, and and you know, people, you know, love the Rays and how uh, trendsetty they are. All their pitchers get hurt all the time, so yeah, like, yeah. there's there's definitely some some blowback to it. And then their biggest free agent signing, Zach Eflin. So, you know, he's hurt all the time. So. He's had, a, he's had a really good year. I guess I'll give it to him. He's having a pretty decent year. Good. I'm glad, I'm glad we um, can get past Zach Eflin. <laughs> I guess last question I had, um, we faced a division a uh, few more times. I think like Braves seven times, Marlins three, Mets if they even matter anymore. I mean, they're imploding. So, um, you know, who who do you think we have to worry about, I guess, if I could word it like that, who do we have to worry about in the – the rest of the season, you know, wild card, division series. Who do you who do you not want to play? So I feel pretty comfortable playing all of them. Um, the Diamondbacks worry me from the standpoint of Gallon. Obviously, like if you know, Gallon's really good. Merrill Kelly all of a sudden has like the third best ERA in the NL, <laughs> um, and just like the the speed they have is definitely a little concerning. Like Corbin Carroll, I mean, ridiculous. Um, and just you got Cattell Marte, totally. And like the pressure they can put on 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 you with the speed they have, that's concerning. But I mean, Wrigley. Now, hopefully, they get the number one seed, so they don't have to worry about it. But like that Cubs team, the the streak they've been on, you know, it's kind of Phillies esque, where of last year, where it's like they just bang, turn it on, turn it into one one of the best teams in baseball. Um, like, would not be worried about the Reds. Wouldn't be that concerned with the Giants. I guess if I had to answer, it'd be it'd be it'd be Cubs Diamondbacks. Yeah, I guess for me it's Diamondbacks for the same reasons. It's it's the lineup, it's the um, starting pitching, it's you know Christian Walker, Carroll, Marte, and that lot. Yeah, the pitching is now. Nah. Well, their bullpen's <laughs> terrible. I mean, like I mean, you know, they made the trade at the at the deadline, you know, to kind of shore with, with Paul Seawall to mm-hmm. try to shore that up. Um, <clears throat> But like if Gallon's going seven and and going you know shoving, you know the bullpen is only uh, a minor concern there. Now the good part about Zach Gallon is he's a Philly guy, so like you, you would not want to beat his hometown team, I'm sure. Yeah, give us a little bit of a hometown discount, you know, just take it easy on us, you know. Go where else? Or else he's never allowed in the city again. Well, you know, that's that's a risk, you know. It's yeah, that's fine. Exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I uh. 
I greatly appreciate you coming on, man. I, I, you know, it was a pleasure talking to you and everything. So I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, it's, talk, it's talking fills, man. Like, I just, for years, it was you're not allowed to talk fills. They're so boring, no one cares about them. And then, bang, they go to the World Series and they have a special month, and everyone's like, oh, let's talk fills all the time. Of course, absolutely, all the time. It'll be, uh, you know, Phillies and Flyers are or not Flyers. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's my bit. Eagles, Eagles, sorry. Yeah, I mean, and and. What made it so fun last year is the Eagles were, you know, undefeated, and people only wanted to talk about the Phils. So, you know, it's a good baseball town when the team's playing well. Absolutely, man. And it's – who doesn't love uh, October? But it's crazy that the Eagles' win total is 11.5 right now. Does Vegas know? What do what don't they know? It just really scares me to place a bet right now. <laughs> well, Vegas had it at 8.5 to start last year for the Eagles and then eventually got their way up to 10.5. So, yeah, maybe they're wrong. Here's hoping, you know, I for the sake of my bank account. <laughs> but thanks, man. Appreciate it. Of course, yeah. Have, have a good one, man. Yeah.